So, welcome to another episode of BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese, and for this episode, the last episode of 2017, I'm going to play you a conversation I had with Yusuf Habib Amin, and some of you who have been listening to the show for a while know that I interviewed uh, Hideous uh He's the composer of the BSing with Sean K theme song. And he's in um, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And I interviewed him on the third episode. He was one of my first guests. I interviewed him on the third episode of BSing with Sean K about his show at the time, No One Likes Your Band, which focused on uh, independent artists like metal, punk, and um, hip hop artists in the local Greenville music scene. And then I had him on again, and we did that philosophical conversation, and then I was a guest on his podcast, and then I went to Greenville, and um, I did a live stream with him there, and that's still on the YouTube channel, the BSing with Sean K, No One Likes Your Band live stream. And while I was in Greenville uh, visiting Hideous, um, I met uh, Yusuf, his friend Yusuf, and... uh, yeah, so I just I, I I've been in touch with him uh, through Facebook since, and so he does a lot of promotion work. He's a commercial and broadcast video producer. He's a rapper. He talks a little bit about that, uh, and a journalist, blogger, uh, media and broadcasting is his main interest. And he in this conversation he talked about the law of attraction, and he also talked about food and. South Carolina and life in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where he's from. Anyway, here's the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. So, uh, this is uh, BSing with Sean K doing, uh, I guess, just uh, regular old uh, BSing with uh, Yusuf H. Uh, Amin, right? Yusuf Habib Amin, is that how you pronounce it? So, uh, what can you tell us about yourself? Uh, I know you're from uh, Greenville, and I've interviewed uh, Hideous on the show before. Yeah, well, I'm actually from about 20, 25, 30 minutes up the road in a little town called Spartanburg. I know Hideous, but what I do is I'm just like, I do promotions, marketing, video, photography, like just things that are strongly strongly graphical okay. so, I mean that's just kind of what I do plus I dabble in broadcasting and like talking about you know social issues and all that jazz I'm kind of I'm kind of just freewheeling around enjoying life <laughs> so a lot of uh, similar interests I guess like we're both kind of in the media and broadcast so what uh what do you do related to broadcasting I know you also do a podcast yeah, well, right now it's on hiatus because I've been kind of dealing with some other things, getting money up, working with a working with a bar called Dan's Dan's place here in Spartanburg, and 
I do like social media and marketing stuff for them. But what what I do as far as broadcast is I, I kind of I'm more on the consulting end. So if you if you got a product you want to get out, I'll show you like tools to use. Like, like say you you got a you want to make a podcast, and I'll show you how to use like a microphone, a computer, and a camera to do live broadcasting. It's not like on a cell phone. So it's sort of like freelance technical assistance with people who are looking to do their own projects but don't necessarily have the tools or the technical skills. Right. I do a lot more consulting than anything, but when I'm when I'm just doing my own thing, I have like a little a little show where I talk about things like what the law of attractions done for me, or my personal growth, the hardships. So, what could you say about the law of attraction? I know you mentioned that was one of the things you wanted to discuss today. Like, oh, yeah. How did you first find that? Okay, so. I was going through a little bit of a tough time in my life. Like, I've always kind of, I feel like intuitively know certain things, plus, like, what was in the media, how key in on stuff, like, when they're like, don't think negative thoughts, you know, be positive. I got into that, and I think when I was working at a movie theater in, like, 2000, like, 2003 and 2007, or 2005, there were there there were these tapes from Tony Robbins that my mom bought because she was she was buying stuff like that off the TV like Kevin Trudeau's um, the Mega Math program or whatever where they taught you new ways to do math and where there's a will there's an A that was my first experience with it in fact where there's a will there's an A was an old program that was supposed to be guaranteeing like it'll it'll teach your kids how to make better grades in school and, and there was a lot of that. Like just like af- positive affirmations and like mnemonic devices to learn names and things. So it just kind of yeah, went from there. Yeah, and what one one time I did a did a did a project in I think third grade and I attempted to do like prove hypnosis is real or something. And ever since then it kind of sparked my attraction. To what is what I now know is neurolinguistic programming, but back to the where there's a will, there's a through Kevin Trudeau's stuff. Kevin Trudeau was always big on that, and I think my mom bought a Tony Robbins cassette program through one of those channels that was that was selling some of the products, and that thing sat around for a good four or five years before I even picked it up. But I was at work at the movie theater, and since I had all this time to kill between shows, like building, breaking down movies and stuff, especially before shift and after shift, I would just listen to the Tony Robbins tapes over and over again, and it talked about how he, he what, what changed his mind about the way his, his thinking changed, like he, one of the most inspirational stories for him was how he talked about when he started his first business, he didn't have anything. He and he got some money from I guess a medium job, and then he rented a rented like a small office space, and he would live in that office space because it had like a sink where he could wash up, and he put a cot in it. I was like, you know, that is so cool. But from there, I you know I took I took the keys from him and 
just started doing my own exploring. Like I think he's, I think he's also suggested the book Think and Grow Rich. And when I read, and after I read that book in about 2000, let's say about 2007, I made a plan. And at the time I was in Charlotte, in 2007, things weren't going well, so I did what Think and Grow Rich said. And I made my plan. I made my goals. I made my promises. Wrote them down. And then I, I, I moved back here to Spartanburg. And, and the thing that sticks out for me is that one of the things that Napoleon Hill said was, you can, with you, it's not so much about the money or even getting to the goal, but it's the things that you're going to see on your way to trying to meet your goal. You may end up going in a completely different direction. And, I read The Secret, and nowadays I'm listening to Abraham Hicks, Alan Watts, and a whole bunch of other different things. And, like, I just, I mean, I can ramble about this, about this stuff all day, but it's really made, it's really made an impact on my life because I can see that from when I started, I was a total introvert. I didn't like talking to people. I was kind of antisocial. But now I'm, you know, making friends. Making deals, and and I'm you know I'm not making a whole bunch of money, but I have the time to just sit around and like get into Facebook arguments and try to really teach people stuff. I can I can do my show whenever I get a chance because to me it's all about passing this stuff along because it's had it's changed my life exponentially. I mean I was miserable back then. And nowadays, I'm I'm good. I'm sitting here kicking it with you, like potatoes. So it just sort of motivated you to just say fuck it and go out and just pursue what you want to pursue. Oh yeah, like my my thing now is not like people. You know, I don't have I don't have a family or anything. I don't have any significant others. I'm just a I'm just a, I call it being double as opposed to being single. Because it's, it's about, it's, instead of trying to add more to my life, I'm trying to pare it down. But the way I'm living is I have a higher quality of life, I think, at this point in time. Because I don't have too much to worry about. And I'm focused on surrounding myself with people who want the same kinds of things. Who, who want higher quality of life than, say, like, pursuing, you know... Not, not that pursuing goals is bad, I'm not saying that, but if, if you're like consumed with getting status or getting money so that you can show off to people. You and at the expense of other people, that kind of thing, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's not raising your quality of life or anybody else's. And then like Esther Hicks and people like that talk about raising the vibration, but it's, it's all about quality of life to me. Is it? So yeah. also a spiritual and mental wealth. Not just yeah. material wealth. Yeah. Because when, when you get the spiritual and mental wealth, everything else just kind of comes along with it. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm actually, yeah, I'm reading the uh, Awaken the Giant Within right now. I'm like 300 pages or so into it. I remember he talked about, um, it was either he talked about it in this book or he talked about it in uh, Money, the other book I read. He talked about, like, how he had almost no money in his bank account and he, like, gave his last bit of money away to some kid. I forget exactly what the story was, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, it was I'm, like, 
Because it's like he put himself in an abundant mindset. Yeah, that's it. Abundant mindset. Yeah. And his whole thing is like the most rewarding thing is giving to others and all. I think so. And, um... So... What what can you say about like uh, the work you do? You said you do photography, and do you like apply any of this to your work? Like, do do you want to be like a motivational speaker or anything like that? Or I think so. I think I at least want to be able to speak to people when they when they're in their low times, like and, and just because I tell people a lot when they're ha- when they're having like depressive episodes. I, you know, I give them that cliche: "Oh, things aren't going to be bad always." But I'm also like, you know, don't don't feed negative thought patterns. And you don't have you don't have to live there. Those are two things I say to people a lot because they'll talk about something that happened in the past, and I'm like, yo, you you know, you don't have to live there. That's not happening now. I think they call it staying present. Because there's like there are like a lot of different ways that different artists and teachers say the same things. I think, but ultimately it's just about cultivating your mind so that you you can you control what you do and how you react to the thoughts that go through it. So it's sort of about stepping, like Alan Watts talks about stepping outside yourself and just observing your thoughts. Then you're you're not as attached. Like you don't necessarily try to stop the thoughts from happening, but if there's a negative thought and you're just kind of observing it, you just kind of let it come and then pass. Yeah, you just gotta be like cool with it, you know. You don't judge it, you know. And, that, and that's a that's a thing that's come up a lot because earlier in life, before I got into all this, I was I was kind of heavy into the the forms of Eastern philosophy and like the thing behind that, which apparently Alan Watts is the guy who simplifies Eastern Eastern philosophy for the layman such as myself. And and there's a lot of that, like. Be a present, letting the thoughts go through, not trying to do anything about them. It just, you know, you see them and then you let them, you know, let them do whatever and then you let them go. Because if you fight them, if you resist them, if you try to change them, then it creates a lot of extra conflict. Yeah. Like within yourself and whatever happens in you also happens outside of you. Which is like, it's a lofty concept and I'm still trying to wrap my head around, but. It's becoming more apparent as days go by. Yeah, it's sort of having compassion for yourself as if you were another person, because it's not only about accepting others and sort of what is. Um, not necessarily that you wouldn't work to try to change something that's you know wrong in the world or whatever, but you know you accept others as they are, not like forcefully, I guess, trying to change them, and you do the same with yourself. You accept that you have flaws, you have negative thoughts. So it's sort of having not only compassion and empathy for others, but more compassion and empathy for yourself, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I've found that, especially with myself and other people, it's like, when there's a lot of, like, when you have a conflict with somebody or you're, there's a lot of negativity between you, it's not, and you're, you're like, you're hard-pressed to be like, well, this person did this, and, and they're, they're, they were so mean to me. But there, you have to, if you look back and observe yourself, you'll know that there they might be dealing with something that that you don't know about, but that they weren't able to deal with themselves, so they may have taken it out on another person. 
you and what takes and then that's what takes passion is being able to say that he wasn't attacking me, he's probably attacking himself and the way that that was reflected in the world was him coming down on me. And it, and it's really it's difficult. It sounds when we talk about things like that, it sounds easy, but it's really hard to do because you have to deal with your own emotions and your own reactions to things as well. Yeah. You know? I guess That's, it's hard to think like what what makes a person say something like that to yeah. you. Like it's oh, yeah. obviously not a happy person, but it's hard to empathize with someone when they're being like saying something to you. I think you you mentioned um this made me think one of your Facebook posts. You said that someone rolled down the window and like made a racist comment towards you, and you just told them to have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was already having like a time. I was some kind of an ordeal myself. And it was just, I wasn't feeling good. I was walking back from the bar where there were some people there. You know, it was a mixed, it was a mixed company. Some of the people I liked, some of the people probably had a problem with me and I wasn't too fond of them. But I was walking back and somebody rolls down the window and say, hey, N-word. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and like for a second, I just, I became reactive. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's not that big a deal. So I'm like, have a good morning. It was like seven at night. It was dark. I'm like, have a good morning. The dude's like, hey, F you. Because <laughs> it's like, what, what? He didn't know what to say to that because you were just like, yeah. polite. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, and, and in that it was funny, but at the same time it was, it was hurtful and I was already in a low state. But, but I feel like I handled it pretty well. I didn't fly off the handle, but I had to talk about it when I made that post because that's kind of like, Facebook's kind of like my sounding board, but I also get a lot from social media too because it connects me with a lot of, you know, people I would meet that like doing things like this will allow for this message to get out because I, I watch a lot of, like the author of the, what is it, The Art of Not Giving, Giving a Fuck. Oh yeah, I heard of that, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I heard yeah, that he wrote it, yeah. I, yeah, um, Mark Manson, I think it's his name, but he, but he has an interesting philosophy about life, and and it's just stuff like that because he started as a blogger and then he became an author. I think he was a pickup artist at one point, and this guy is like, <laughs> I think one of one of his podcasts or one of the podcasts that was had him on it, he was talking about like not. Looking for your life purpose, you know. And instead of looking for your life purpose, don't. Yeah, just let it like, sort of happen on its own. Yeah, yeah. And I've been feeling, I've been feeling a lot of messages like that, especially recently, because it's just it's it's not the it's not the usual stuff, but it still incorporates the same like thought disciplines. But sometimes we're like you know we go to college because we're told to go to college. And we're not told that we won't be able to find a job as soon as we get out. And we won't, we won't be able to pay off that student debt with said job we didn't get because our degree ended up being useless or something that was in an oversaturated market, you know. But people still espouse the message, go to school, get, get your education, then get your career. They like give you those little, they, they like give you that as a message to send all be all. But, that's not the case. 
Like, there's other paths you can take. And... Yeah. So, um... What can you say about everyday life in South Carolina? I know people in, uh, you mentioned that one experience, but I know, uh, like, people in the New York area or, uh, like, who haven't been to the South, like, have an impression that, you know, that happens all the time. Is that the case, that stuff like that happens all the time? Or is it, is Greenville a little more liberal, or how is it? I feel like, I feel like, I think Greenville's very liberal. Spartanburg is getting that way. Spartanburg is is opening up to change because Greenville was always more progressive, but Spartanburg itself, like nowadays, we're getting more more social outing venues. Like they just built a thing called the Freight Yard, which is a beer garden nice. over, over here in the downtown area. And what it really is about is like people come together out here, regardless of race, color, or creed. Like, you hear there's a lot of racism in the South, and that's kind of true, but a lot of it's isolated into pockets. Like, there are certain areas in the county that you probably wouldn't want to hang out if you were a dark-skinned person, but that, those those areas are typically surrounded by a lot of forests. <laughs> so it's just like they're not used to different trees. kinds of people, that kind of thing? Yeah. Plus, you know, the um, there's that whole thing about, what, what do you call that? A stereotype about Yankees. Like, it's kind of like the opposite of the, they used to tell us all the time, like, oh, you go up north, people up there mean, they won't speak to you and all that jazz, but I spent, I think I've spent about four months in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, around the Alice Park area, living with my uncle, and when I would, occasionally I'd go out, walk around, you know, take a stroll where there were people, and if I was going to the store or whatever, and it's probably because I look different, but people would speak to me all the time. It'd be like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? You know, and that was that blew my mind because all my life I've been told Northerners are just like cold, won't talk, won't even make eye contact with you. It's, it's something, but down here we, you know, the Southern hospitality thing is strong. So you may not always get a straight answer from somebody if you ask them about, you know, like your your art project. <laughs> Although, find a way to be nice, you mean? Or oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and that's not to say Southern hospitality is fake, but you know, it's just not, it's not always what you think it is, you know. Hmm. But I, so I that was like a rare occurrence, that, that thing where the guy rolled down the window, you don't experience that, like, very yeah, often. No, that's, that's not daily. That's hard, that's hardly even yearly. Hmm. I think, yeah. I think every now and then, like, I've had more people just say weird stuff to me than, like, direct slurs. Like, I think it was around, like, a week or two after Thanksgiving, or maybe a few days before, I was walking up the street, and some kids rolled out, and they, they didn't roll down the window. The windows were already down. It's like, they looked like they might have been, like, junior high school age and the oldest. And they're riding by, and they just go gobble, gobble, gobble. And they're just, like, having a good old time. And, I mean, it was, it was cute. And it was, like, right up the street from that same block where that other occurrence happened. Like, you know what I mean? You're prone to get stuff yelled at you on occasion, but it's it's nine times out of ten it's innocent kids playing around. They're not trying to get that big rise out of anybody like that. I mean, it's really peaceful down here. Like you can just leave the house and go somewhere. Like everything's sprawled, like spaced out though. They're in I the guess whole people lot. are very friendly and open too. Is what you're saying? Like it's easy to meet people and all that. Yeah, if you know where to go. 
Like we have a we have a very active night scene, but it's very small compared to most places. Like even Greenville, Greenville's got a pretty big, pretty big scene because like they got people walking on the streets all the time. It's more, it's got more of a city feel. And Spartanburg is classified as a city, but it's more, it's townish. You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of people, but they live in like neighborhoods in the outskirts. The, the actual city itself. As far as square square mileage goes, it's pretty small. So I know you wanted to talk about like the food and some of the other stuff in the South. Like, uh, I guess, what can you just say about life in uh, the South and South Carolina, and I guess just what you like about it and all that. Every, everywhere I go is almost like eating at, eating in a friend's house or eating in a, in a, in a kitchen. That was like it doesn't feel like you're dining at a restaurant, but that's also because of some of the relationships I've cultivated. But I, th- I think for the most part, places I frequent, they have they have this idea that they would they would feed you anything they would need themselves, and that that's not that's excluding chain restaurants like Applebee's because those places get hit and then they wear people out in the kitchen. So you never know what you're gonna get, but like places like Cribs Kitchen, Willie Taco, you know, Nan's Place, uh, Southport Bar and Grill, Simple Simon. Simple Simon. Fun fact: the last two places I've mentioned, one of the last three places I've mentioned, are all owned by the same same company, and that those are the people I'm working with. And sim- they acquired Simple Simon. Simple Simon is like one of the oldest diners in downtown Spartanburg, and it recently relocated to to a shopping center on McMillan Street. And it's it's kind of like your 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 middle of the road diner experience, and it's it's quite good because like I, t- I talk to the people who work in the kitchens because I see them pretty much nightly because I go out every night and. I talked to them about the food and their preparation and like how they like to prepare things. And a lot of them have made new menus, but we're usually, we're usually talking about hospitality and customer service. And there's a very strong sense of pride with these guys and girls who work, who work places I like to go. Because they, they treat you like family, really, one way or another. And they 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 want to make sure that you have a good experience, and I think that's like that's the best thing. I call it uh, dedication of quality or dedication to excellence and service. And you can't you can't get that a lot of places, but the best places do have that. Because I was telling I tell people it's like you can go to a place that doesn't have great food, if the service is stellar, you'll always want to go there. But you can go to a place that has like the finest food ever, and unless it's just like unless that's part of their mo or part of their their credo, if the service is bad, you're not going to want to go back, no matter how good the food is. And I think that's super important. And let's see, Main Street Pub, Papa's Breakfast Nook, Pokinori, Monsoon Noodle House, like those are the places that have like the best service and it's all a variety of foods. It's not just like southern cuisine. Like we got Asian foods, we got soul food places. 
We have the short order diners, like Atomic Andrew's Atomic Dog. <clears throat> Sorry, Andrew's Atomic Dog. It's a hot dog shop on Union Street here in Spartanburg. And this guy is like a supposed legend in the food scene. He's an older black gentleman, and he makes some of the best food that I've ever had. And, and I'm a vegetarian now, so that that means a lot when somebody makes good vegetarian food. I like to give a comparison. There's this new chain that moved into Boiling Springs called, I think it's Wings, Wings, etc. And like, they have this menu. Of course, they're about wings and burgers. But like, I asked if they had a vegetarian option. They were like, yeah. The lady points to the menu. And there's this like one line that says veggie burger. And it's like, it's like all separated from the rest of the menu. Like, nobody wants to touch it. And I, you know, that's what I ordered. And like, my dude ordered a burger. And they brought his burger out. The thing looked so good. It was stacked up with like two patties, lettuce, tomato, everything. And they, they brought me out my veggie patty. That joint looked so sad. <laughs> it's like brown patty on two pieces of bread. I don't even think I got any fries with it. I had to ask for fries. <laughs> and then it's just kind of like, it, it, it kind of felt like, we don't, we don't like your kind here, but we'll serve you anyway. <laughs> so it's like a challenge to be a vegetarian uh, in South Carolina? Not really, but it's like in Spartanburg specifically, it's just kind of tough to find like good vegetarian options. They're like main dishes. But there are a few places, like Poke and Nori, their, their, their menu is just, you know, you, you've heard of sushi burritos, I'm sure. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a sushi burrito place, and I think it's called Poke, and it's 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 a fusion cuisine out yeah. of Hawaii, and they like make sushi burritos it's like rice, protein, which is like uncooked fish or or shrimp. And they cook the chicken. You get chicken, you get it to pour shrimp, and they'll put it on there. They'll add like types of vegetables, corn. Onions, kale, this, that, and third. They'll add a sauce, and then you can get finish it up with like some crunchy bits and like some seaweed salad or something. And you can get it as a burrito or a bowl. And I like to get a bowl because it's real good, it's filling, and it's it's totally vegetarian. And and it's it, you know you can get a custom order because they'll give you tofu. Yeah, they got tofu as one of their proteins. I just I get the big bowl and I just load up on tofu. So, so I mean, what, they exist. <laughs> so what made you uh, become a vegetarian? Was it mainly about animal cruelty or? No, nah, not really. Like I, I, there's nothing better than play chicken wings, and I feel like that chicken made the ultimate sacrifice for me, and I always view it with revel, revel, revelry. <laughs> Uh, reverence, yeah. I, re- I revere any animal that gives his life for me, but it wasn't healthy for me personally. Because I was eating, I was eating too much meat at one time, I feel, and it was it was really messing up my GI tract because I was having GI tract issues. So I and I ran into a guy. He was kind of a health nut. He told me about reducing his, reducing my meat intake because he says, you know, I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't eat much meat. I eat it on occasion. I was like, that's cool, I'll give that a shot. 
So I just decided to try it. And one day, I, after not eating, I think I may have eaten like maybe one or two servings of meat the entire week. And I started to feel a little better. And one day I was trying to figure out what I was going to eat because I'd eaten. I mean, I'd eaten at pretty much all the places I enjoy and had whatever they offer for vegetarian options. I was just like, I don't want to eat that and that. And I'd gone for a few minutes. And then I, I remember Tony Robbins and a whole bunch of other guys are listening to talking about this green superfood drink. And there's a juice bar. Not, I guess it's a bar. It's a juice. It's a place that makes organic juices called Health in Hand, which is in downtown Spartanburg. And they had a green drink. I think it's called Bean Green. And what it was, it's like kale, celery, apple, lemon, and a few other things. And it was a really green drink. So I, I went and got that, and I drank it. And I was like, you know, I feel a little bit better. I felt like I and I was talking to a friend, they were like, yo, you, you just going on and on, you drink like six cups of coffee, I was like, no man, I hadn't had any coffee yet, and, I was, and then it hit me, I was like, cell nutrition, like, nutrition is really important, I guess that goes without saying, but to get that kind of energy from just a bottle of juice, like, juice blew my mind, and I was like, there might be something to this, and, then, and from then on, I was like, I could, I could probably try this vegetarian thing because I hadn't had meat in days. And ever since then, that was about four months ago. And that's what I've been doing since. So it was a gradual thing. It was, and that it was easier to commit that way, I guess. To... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was gradual. I didn't really mean to become a vegetarian, to be totally honest. Hmm. It was just I was just listening to my body, and doing what felt good to me yeah i did uh, i i've been like uh cutting back i actually recently i've gotten back into eating uh more meat a little bit but i was like a pescatarian uh for about uh like two years or so like mainly vegetarian but then like even that was hard to stick with because you know there's only so many options of uh fish and like a lot of places like there's in really a lot of options uh with that, it's, it, it takes a lot of uh, commitment, I guess, and like to get all the right nutrients and everything with oh, a vegetarian yeah. diet. Yeah, it, it really does. Because I, I, there was a span, like, the thing that hit me recently was that I, I've been craving sugar a lot, like more so than usual, and giving in to that craving for about three months took a toll. Because last time I went to the doctor, they told me I was in the pre-diabetic range. So recently, I've been working on my diet, and that's why I, that's why I eat so many avocados now. Because avocados are, are pretty good for you. They're low GI food, and they're chock full of protein. So that's how that's that's my supplement. So it's your health improved as you started to cut back on meat. Yes. Yeah. Well, it did. It, it did improve because I was eating too much sugar. I was intaking too much sugar, but. Now that I've gotten that under control, I think I, I would say, yeah, it's better. It's a better health decision, in my opinion. But you know, different people have different needs, and it's just my 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 GI my GI tract on some some gnarly man. 
Yeah, I think uh, certain people's bodies like are built differently. Not everybody can um, just be a vegetarian. And of course, there's like you know Eskimos. I think that's all they eat is meat. Like certain people, that's the way their diet is or the way their body's built. Yeah. Seal dweller. Yeah. <laughs> Can't live without it. Yeah, but I wonder if the the unhealthiness like of a lot of the meat is just the way meat's produced in the U.S. You know, with factory farms and a lot of uh, like uh, chemicals they put in it and everything. I wonder if because uh, I heard the meat's healthier elsewhere. Like, I wonder if that's just a U.S. thing that you know that a lot of health problems come with. I think so, and it's just like the quality of the meat that people are intaking most is like I, I was like I'll be driving wherever, and I'll see so many people like starting out hamburgers in fast food restaurants. That's like the lowest quality of meat you can get, plus it's cut with soy. Yeah. So you're not even really getting all the meat. And I think, like, Dr. Sebi and a couple other people were like, you don't want to drink and eat at the same time because it confuses the body. Like, it's, it, there's there are a lot of things that I've heard that I, that I, that I think speak to me and say that with the way we eat is mostly because we don't understand ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't listen to our bodies when we're doing this and that. We're like, oh, my mom, mama told me to clean my plate. My grandmother always told me to clean my plate when I was coming up. And sometimes you don't got to clean your plate because not everything on there is is really good for you to eat. Or you'll overeat. I've heard, I've heard that before, that overeating was also contributing to America's obesity that you, that you should eat until your body says that you're full. You shouldn't override that just clean your plate, you know. But I mean, I'm, I'm guilty doing that. Because I'll just keep eating. But I, I, I just like food. Yeah. Well, well, I guess it's that maybe because you eat a lot at once, you can't always tell you're full right away. But then, like, if you wait a few minutes... Then you feel full from. So I guess I guess that's what it is. Maybe people eat too much at once before their body can tell them they're full. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I can totally see that because I've done it. Like you, you ever had a big old plate of food? They brought you back and you're like, it's so good to you, scarfing it down. And then like after you finish, you're like, man. And then two seconds later, you're like, I shouldn't have done that. This is this for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Worth it, maybe. <laughs> so, um, what are your main projects you're working on? I know you said you're doing uh, the the podcast. Uh, and uh, what, what is that podcast about? It's just conversations about that, life that, in Green and Spartanburg, or. Yeah, just life in the upstate. Like, right now, I'm focusing on a food blog. That's what I'm doing. It's called Upstate Plus, and it was, it was really about things going on in and around Spartanburg and the upstate, but it's just going to be focused on talking about food in the area, and if I'm able to get more, more staffers and people to help me out, it will expand, but currently, it's just about the local area, and you can find that on Facebook. It's Facebook slash Upstate Plus, and I got UP After Dark, which is Upstate Plus After Dark, and it reflect it talks about the nightlife, and nightlife in Spartanburg is too too large, so it's not like super lofty, and I'm hoping to expand to like Greenville and surrounding counties. 
So if that's yeah. like your main uh, passion right now is uh, journalism, broadcasting. Yes. yes, that is the main. That's the main focus for me. Now, the the blog, the blog that we were doing or the podcast, it was called. It's, it's now called the Eraticast. It was called something else, but but people left me. So I, I was doing it for myself, by myself for a little bit. And there are a couple of episodes of that. I talked to a young man named Samson Gray about movies. And, you know, we talk about social issues and stuff like that, too. So it's kind of a mixture of heady stuff and just good old entertainment. So we just kind of, just like we're doing, just kind of sit around and kick it with some people. Talk about what we want to talk about or talk about what we think the people need to hear. You know, and... And then, or it could just be like my old, my old video blog, which was like sites from around town and things that are going on, people's, people in faces. It could be something like that, or it'd be like, I don't know, unboxing videos. It's just whatever's fun, whatever's fun and whatever people will, will latch on to. And you're also doing, uh, photography, right? Are you still doing oh, yeah. a lot with that? Yeah. Photography is my hobby, but lately I've been doing a lot of coverage for, for the people I'm working with. Like they have shag nights, where you know the old the older the older crowd likes to come out and dance the shag, because we have plenty of shag clubs in Spartanburg. Shag being the Spartanburg's national dance craze. I mean South Carolina's national dance craze, because it was born here in, in the Carolinas. And I think. I think there was a movie. There were like been a couple of movies about shagging too. Where they were, you know, it's just a thing. And they come out to Nans on Sunday night. They're gonna be here tonight, just cutting up a storm. And don't don't let old people fool you. They party hard. They party. It's scary. It scares me. So um, you were you were also like. I don't know if you did music yourself. I know you were following a lot of the local music because you were you were helping with uh, Hideous's old podcast. No one likes your band. Yeah, yeah, I was pushing this stuff on my on my at the time internet radio station, and I like I like what he does. I, I still like what he does as far as his music career is concerned. Now, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I am a rapper. I just don't I don't put that out there a lot because I don't put out a lot of work. Would you have, like, released some tracks, or...? Yeah, I got, like, two tracks that I've released. And, and the thing is, like, I was telling you about Think and Grow Rich and, like, the cheap, definite aim. And, like, one of the things that I have to finish that was on that on that goal sheet was putting out my... putting out my EP. Or... Is it LP? EP? No, it's LP. Wait, which one's the short one? Uh, EP. Yeah, yeah, I was putting out an EP because it was... I was supposed to put out my album and sell it. Like I, I used to work with a cat in Charlotte when I was living there, and we we would produce some music. It wasn't a bunch. I think we produced a grand total of five tracks for him, and he went by Face Man. <laughs> and and that, if I can, I, I wish I could find that one track. It's called "That's My Girl, Girl," and it, it was it's it's probably lost to anything but the Akashic record because it does exist. I'm an eyewitness, but. We, we were putting out stuff. We sold some of his CDs. We made like a grand total of 80 bucks, but we were out there hustling again. And I, I know I've, I've done some production. I've done recording. I've recorded tracks of my own. 
I've worked with a few other local people on that. I mean, I'm not like a world class producer or anything by any means, but I've done stuff. And I, and that's where I originally got my start was doing music. But then that, that moved on into like video editing and then photography as a career and then a video, video guy as a career. And now I call myself a commercial production company. So, uh, what were your lyrics about with your music? Was it sort of a lot of the motivational stuff you talk about, or a little bit? But it was mostly like, "It's me. It's who I am." You know, I'm on the scene. I've arrived, kind of stuff. It's, it's a little bit braggadocious, a little bit. But it's was, it was always kind of like the theme was, "You don't know who you're. You don't know who you're messing with," kind of stuff. Like, cause people, and, and you can actually see the spirit of that in my Facebook posts if I get to an argument with somebody on the internet. Because I let them, I'll, I'll talk to them, and then they start with that rah rah jazz, and then I just blitz them. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I let them set themselves up. <laughs> it's just how it is. So, I guess, what, what do you have planned for the future? Like, any upcoming projects? Yeah, I'm working with I'm working with a fella, and he's got he's got this movie coming out. It's called the An Homage to Indie Filmmaking, and the short title is The Homage, and it's really about a delusional, a delusional, high-minded indie film guy who rambles on about the spirit of indie film, but he's really just a lazy sot. And the setting is a movie theater, a movie theater showing some short films that. He also produced earlier in his career, like the guy who made the movie produced some short films that have been unaired, and this is kind of a way of also showing those films, and it's based around the film festival where this guy's supposed to be, but a bunch of homeless people come in, like the only people who really come in to see the film festival are just some homeless dudes. Oh, interesting. And, <laughs> and it's got like a guy who's trying to make a name for himself, and then he like pulls this young woman who's looking for a job, off the off the quote unquote streets, huh? Like my wording is a little choppy. It's not. It's probably not what it sounds like. But she's she's a young upstart looking for a job, trying to break into the film industry. But this guy's trying to, you know, do it himself. He's trying to get his name out there, and he does so by stealing, technically stealing a movie theater to do all the showcasing of this this guy and these films. And it's just like a bunch of homeless people come in and they don't wreck it, but they're just like kind of like the comic relief for this, this play that's going on, which turns out to be behind some crack pot. <laughs> it's, 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 it's shaping up to be something pretty good and it should be out at some point in 2018. So that's, that's the biggest thing I'm working on. And then, you know, just my commercial production stuff, trying to get, get more people into more places as a promoter. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm using my skills to promote businesses in the area. And, you know, just get, just to get people to come out. That, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. Because the more people come out, the more people get to meet each other, and the more things that people can do for one another. And then the more the culture grows. Because ultimately, it's about the culture. And that's what we're trying to do, man. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, what's like your ultimate goal? Like, where do you want to one day be with your work? With my work, I want to be. I, I just, just want to be the, the guy people come to 
when they need when they need things done. Not necessarily me doing it, but just to have a network of people who can get things done. Because I, I really kind of just want to fade into the background, take take my spoils, and you know just go out go out for a quiet, you know, like a quiet. <laughs> I guess any final thoughts? Maybe anything we didn't cover. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, you you can find me on Facebook, Yusuf the Bit Mean. I'm always up to something. Yusuf the Pendulum is my is the page where I now post my thoughts, like the deeper stuff, and that's on Facebook. And I mean, we're out here. Check out the homage coming out sometime in 2018. Uh, come to Dan's place, 100 Millen Street, if you're ever in Spartanburg. It's right beside Mr. Gaddy's. It's a cool place to chill. They're usually open at 3 during the weekend from 12 to 2 on the weekends. It's a late night joint. you got to get a membership. That's where I spend the majority of my time, here in downtown. So, there are a lot of great people in Spartanburg. So, anything, like I used to hear something like, I, when, I, when I was living in Charlotte, I would occasionally just ask random people if they've heard of Spartanburg. Or if they've been there, and typically their opinion of Spartanburg is like, yeah, it's kind of a scary place. Just roll up our windows and try to get through as fast as possible. <laughs> and it's it's not all hood, but it's real. It's a real low key place. But I think a lot of a lot of people from up north and out west end up here, like with their families or for retirement or for, for school, and, and which is funny because even though we're fiftieth in education, we have some of the best colleges. Spartanburg is a college town, and we're working on just making more, making more things that college students will enjoy and get them out. You know, not not to get them out to the point of failing, but get them out, come enjoy the place. You know, take back some stories, like how good Spartanburg was to them. Spartanburg can be good to you if you're in the right places and with the right people. So, I mean, that's that's what we're about. Is, just get this thing off the ground, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of want to show people like the different sides of Spartanburg, or I want to show I want to show people why Spartanburg is a great place to live, why it's a decent place to work, and why it's a wonderful place to meet people and make friends. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and doing this uh, end of the year BSing. Oh yeah, man! Thanks for having me. Like, I, that was the biggest honor when you hit me up. I was like, oh, "We get to be on BS with Sean K. What?" I've been, I've been bragging about you too. I've been like, "Man, this guy is like extras on TV. I bet you've seen him." <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, and you, you've, uh, I guess you've listened to like some of the episodes in the past and everything. The uh, when I had Hideous on and all that, and then we did oh, the yeah. live stream. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun, guys. You guys have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess we kind of had a similar approach to our shows, only his was more, I guess, on the local scene, and mine's been, like, all over the world, I guess, but, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he focused more on uh, music, I guess, and mine's, like, music and, like, some other things, too. Yeah, yeah, but, I, feel like, I feel like you're, like, on the, like, uh, you know, I hate, I'm loath to use the word indie, because it's all, always, like, people think music first. But when I, when I think indie, I mean like independent. Like you just do your own thing. You kind of work around it or in the system, but you're not like a cog in the system. 
Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the people I bring on, like, doing their own thing. Yeah. Sort of. That's why so, I hired So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was fun. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I think we had a good chat. I think people will enjoy it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, as long as, long as they don't go to sleep on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I can be long-winded, but yeah, man, I definitely appreciate it. And I look forward to more of your shows in the future and anybody else. And, you know, stay in touch with me. I'm always here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll definitely, uh, have to come by, uh, Greenville and, uh, like visit Hideous, Caleb, and you guys again one of these days. Yeah, man, slide through. Always. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I was only there like uh, three days the last time, but probably next time if I visit, I'll stay like maybe a little longer and like see more of the stuff that goes on there and everything, like the local shows and all that. Oh yeah, next time you come, uh, I'll bring you down to Berg. I'll show you. I'll show you the best places to eat and some of the coolest people you'll ever meet that you right. didn't even <laughs> know were that cool. You know, Spartanburg's got a low five. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. I don't think I. Yeah, I didn't see Spartanburg last time. I just saw the uh, Greenville. Oh yeah, Greenville. Greenville's charming too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it was uh nice talking to you. I'll let you the, know when the uh, episode's up. It should be like later this week. All right, man. Great. I'm gonna tell everybody and be like, guys, check me out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So that about does it for this episode of BSing with Sean K. Uh, if you want to keep updated with future episodes, go to bsingwithseank.blogspot.com. Um, and there's a link to my Twitter, my Facebook, my RSS feed, and everything else. And, yeah, that's about it. I'll catch you in the new year. <laughs>